Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Are you looking for a place to bet March Madness and enter a million-dollar bracket contest with guaranteed prizes? Well, then go to BetDSI.com to get all your March Madness action in one spot. Use BetDSI's live betting platform where you can watch all the madness via streaming and even bet all the madness games throughout the entire game until the final whistle. If you're looking to add excitement to the tournament games, make BetDSI your tournament betting partner. And you get one free million-dollar contest entry just for signing up by using the promo code TMADNESS. Remember, BetDSI has been paying winners for 20 years. It's a top-rated site on betting review sites, and you can use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash this week. BetDSI is a very user-friendly interface and mobile site, and it has the fastest payouts in the industry. Simply play, win, and get paid. BetDSI offers betting options for everything. You can bet on March Madness, NFL, NBA, NHL, UFC, and all other major sports, politics, reality TV, esports, virtually everything. So, new members get a 100% bonus match using the promo code TMADNESS. That's more than double your money to start winning today. Once again, go to BetDSI.com and use promo code TMADNESS to get this limited-time 100% bonus offer to make some extra cash betting the madness this March. It's only a game until you bet DSI. This is No Excuses with John Taffer. I'm John Taffer, best-selling author, bar rescue guru, and soon your new best friend. I've got a lot of shit for us to talk about, so stop making excuses and let's get started because this gets real right now. All the way from the studios at Podcast One, here's John Taffer. Here we go, number 41. Corey, can you believe I've been doing this 41 times already? I can't. It's flying by. It is. It seems like we've been doing it for a month or so. But welcome. This is uh, my No Excuses podcast. I'm John Taffer, and it is the week of March 26th, and it's been a heck of a week. And this weekend, and everybody, I know I was, uh, glued to, to my phone to see, you know, what would happen with this Mueller report? What would happen? What would happen? And, you know, whatever happened, no matter what side your fence you're on, it happened. And it's over. And, you know, the greatest thing in life, Corey, is when we move on. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, we had Laura Wasser on, who is one of the, the most famous divorce attorneys in the world. She was an expert on moving on, right? Right. So, yeah. so when people get divorced, they move on. When business partnerships break up, they move on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always best to move on and not linger on something. That's what I find. And you know what I hate the worst in life is a maybe. Think about it. Uh, uh, if somebody says yes, okay, I know what to do. I can go forward, man. I'm cool. Somebody says no to me, okay, I know what to do. I can go forward. I'm cool. Somebody says maybe to me, I'm stuck. And, and I always tell salespeople or marketing people or anyone who's in the business of getting an answer, you know, they think a maybe sometimes is better than a no. I disagree. You see, give me a no, I can move on. Give me a maybe, I'm stuck. And so, so uh, I think we're out of the maybe now with all this uh, Mueller investigation stuff. And if, in fact, we're out of the maybe and we're into the no, that's a cool thing. Anytime we get out of a maybe into a yes or a no, that's a good thing. Don't you agree, Corey? We go on with our lives. Oh, absolutely. So I think this is a good time. And, and this is an exciting week for me. This is the week of the Nightclub and Bar Convention here in Las Vegas. 
and almost about 40,000 exhibitors, educators, consultants, bar owners, bar managers, bar employees, uh, uh, liquor companies, beer companies, marketing, memorabilia, just about anything you can think of will be here this week in Las Vegas for the nightclub and bar show. And uh, it's something that's very, very dear to me. 34 years ago, uh, I'm one of six people who founded the uh, first nightclub and bar show, uh, which, if I'm not mistaken, I believe was in Atlanta at the Crown Plaza (laughs) at Atlanta Airport. Boy, have we come a long way. And uh, it was about 30 or 40 booths. And I don't know, Corey, maybe four or 500 people. That was about it. And uh, now... It's, it's, I don't know, 800, 900 booths, over 100 educational programs in, in one of the finest educational conferences in the world for nightlife. It's got uh, uh, almost 40,000 people coming to biggest and best wow. parties in Las Vegas. We're at Hakkasan. We're at Marquee, uh, 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 the best venues in the city. And uh, Bar Rescue is throwing a happy hour party. Uh, Crown Royal is doing an event. Uh, uh, Rums of Puerto Rico is doing an event. Uh, uh, Constellation, which is Corona, is doing a major, major event. And Corona Premier. And it's just, it's an exciting time. It's this once a year where you get to see all of these people that you think are really good friends, and they are because you love them, but you only see them once a year, Corey. It's an interesting thing when that happens only once a year. So I'll be going there right after this podcast and uh, uh, and seeing all my friends. So I'm particularly excited, and, and uh, it might be once a year, but it's a heck of a once a year. So the Nikon Bar Show runs for three days. Uh, today is educational programs and stuff. Tomorrow the big exhibit floor opens in the Las Vegas Convention Center. The parties start tonight. Tonight's a welcome party at Marquee. Uh, uh, last night they were at Hakkasan. Uh, uh, and the bars and nightclubs all over the city are filled with bar people. And I think that's a pretty cool thing. It's a heck of a party here in Las Vegas this week. At the same time, I have a crazy week, Corey. I leave here in about an hour. Right, yeah. I go to Mandalay Bay. I give the keynote speech for the Limousine Association. Oh, okay. Something I know a little about. I spend a good amount of time in black cars. Uh, uh, so then from there, I go to the nightclub and bar convention and go to the party at Marquee tonight. Tomorrow morning, I wake up and I go give the keynote speech at the multi-unit franchise convention, which is at Caesar's Palace. And that's about a thousand people. And I'm working on a franchise that we introduce in, in really just a couple of weeks. We've got all our, our planning and all of our work done called Taffer Tavern. And uh, so it'll be particularly exciting for me to give the keynote at the multi-unit franchise convention. That's tomorrow morning. Then from there, I jump in a car, run across town as quick as I can, land in the Las Vegas Convention Center, and give the keynote speech at the nightclub and bar convention. So I'm giving three keynotes in two days, Corey. I hope my voice holds oh, up. Oh, man. But, you know, it's, it's, a, uh, uh, it's an honor. You know, to think that, that I can stand in front of 600, 800 limousine owners and operators and investors and be able to say something to them that makes a difference means the world to me. I mean, that's just a really cool thing. And then the next day to be able to do it at a franchise event and then the next day at a nightclub and bar event. And then next Monday I give a keynote at, at CinemaCon. Uh, uh, which is a different group of people altogether again. So I love giving these keynote speeches. They're a lot of fun for me. I scream and yell. I rant and rave. I run up and down the aisle. Uh, uh, but I don't throw food, Corey. That I do not do oh, in a speech. Come on, John. But but <laughs> I'll scream and yell, but I won't throw any food. So that's the crazy few days that I have. 
You know, being one who's been in business for, shoot, for almost 40 years, can you believe it? I've had issues when partnerships have dissolved. I've had issues where, where I've had to maybe sue somebody. I've had issues with employees. I've had issues with landlords. And in every case, Corey, when I had a legal issue, it wasn't because I protected myself in the first place. I learned after years and years of business, and boy, do I want you to learn this too, that if you don't hire an attorney before the fact and you need to hire them after the fact, you're going to regret it. Contracts, paperwork, legal advice, these are the things that protect us from lawsuits and exposure and liabilities later on. Things don't always work out as you planned. You plan for the worst, having an attorney that protects you, Make sure your paperwork is correct. Make sure that you aren't overexposed in any way. And then you hope for the best. And as a business owner, one of the last things you want to be doing is speaking with an attorney, you'd think. But yet that's not right. A good lawyer is, in fact, crucial to your business. And the sooner you talk to him, better than talking to him later. But now there's bizcouncil.com, which is really cool. Bizcouncil.com gives you a friendly, dedicated business attorney for unlimited advice at hugely reduced fees. Anytime you have a legal question, anytime you're going to sign a contract, anytime you're going to hire or fire people for just $59 a month, you have no excuse for not having an attorney by your side. The lawyers are really friendly, and the service is so affordable, you'll actually look forward to speaking with your attorney. So sign up your business today, and BizCouncil will give you a free month. Go to BizCouncil.com slash Taffer, and I'll make sure you get that free month of attorney services. Protect your business now rather than paying the price later. Give yourself some peace of mind. BizCouncil.com slash Taffer. B-I-Z-C-O-U-N-S-E-L dot com slash Taffer. I want to tell everybody a quick story. Years ago, uh, I was shooting Bar Rescue, and I was in Youngstown, Ohio. This is, I don't know, Corey, maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago. And uh, I met the mayor, and the mayor and I were sitting and talking, and he threw me in his car, and we took a drive around Youngstown, Ohio. And he told me how, at the time, there were about 18,000 residences that were empty, abandoned. Just, you know, nobody could rent them. And that they had lost somewhere around 25,000, 30,000 jobs. And that about 100,000 people or so, and my numbers aren't exact anymore because this was a couple years ago, had moved out of Youngstown. And how the city was in this economic depression because the manufacturing had dried up. And then he drove me into downtown Youngstown. And, Corey, I drove by block after block after block of vacant storefronts, office buildings, you know, three, four-story buildings. And the, the downtown of Youngstown, Ohio, was gutted. Jeez. I was so moved by it, uh, and it, it, it's, by the way, that was when we did the Royal Oak episode uh, um, in Youngstown. That was also when we did the Federal in Youngstown. We did those two Bar Rescue episodes while I was there. I was so moved by it, I came home and I wrote something that I called uh, 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 um, the Downtown Rescue Act, believe it or not. And I wrote this act about creating zones and if if people hired locally in those zones and invested a certain amount in those zones that the local taxation and federal and state taxation would provide them with certain abatements and credits that would make it almost irresistible to move your business to these downtown areas or open a new business and i wrote it and i sent it to to my nephew who who's uh, in graduate school at brandeis in government and the government uh, policy department looked at it, and they rewrote it, and they put it in a policy statement, and I was so moved by this. I wanted to make a freaking difference. 
So I took these policy documents and I sent them to Washington and I was hoping to hear from the Trump administration. I did hear from some people, but uh, uh, not them. And uh, uh, the election happened, if I remember correctly. And uh, things started to move on and the tax cuts happened. And uh, suddenly I started looking at at, um, what was going on. And politics aside, more people are working than ever before. That's pretty cool. Don't you agree, Corey? Yeah, that's amazing. Income is going up. People are actually making more yeah. money again for the first time in years. Pretty cool, right? When we drive around Las Vegas and when I fly around other cities, there's freaking cranes everywhere again. I mean, you see them. Corey, think of how many are here in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. And houses going up like crazy. Like crazy. Four years ago, those cranes weren't there. No. And those houses had stopped or slowed. So as one who's fortunate enough to fly and travel all around the country, I see these cranes everywhere. So things are starting to happen. And I think to myself, wow, so what are the statistics? So I've done some homework. And uh, a few years ago, I did some homework and I spoke at a, at a convention. And, and I talked about the fact that about 640,000 new small businesses opened in America every year. Uh, but about 720,000 were closing. This is five years ago. So we were losing small businesses. I also looked at research, and I found that in the year 2000, about 62% of small businesses were owned by families, Corey, sort of like your dad's business. Right, yeah. But now, under 40% of small – I'm sorry, in 2015, uh, under 40% of small businesses were owned by families. So I thought to myself, as I'm driving through Youngstown, Ohio, every one of those empty storefronts, I thought of the family who invested money to open a store there, Corey, and lost it. Yeah. You know, I thought of uh, uh, the moms and the dads working there. I thought of how excited they were when they opened the place. And then I thought about, you know, how, how, what did they lose when they closed and how bummed were they? When all of those businesses closed and it started to become a personal thing, it started to become more about people than businesses. And I really started to think about those families and such. Last quarter, about 790,000 new business applications were filed in America. Wow. Two years ago, for the entire year, it was about 650,000. So small business filings are up about 70%. Jeez. Now, when you think about that number, these are families, people, Corey. These are people yeah. who, are, who are excited. They're leaving their jobs. They're opening new businesses. This is an amazing, exciting time. And a lot of it is because of change tax structure. The fact of the matter is that the, the, the change tax structure and uh, uh, it's not only tax rate. It's the treatment of capital investments in businesses, the ability to write off when you invest, certain write-off and credits. There's a whole bunch of little elements to, to the tax changes that fueled this. And as a result, uh, we can see the numbers. People are opening small businesses. Cranes are coming back. Income is up. Unemployment is down. This is all really, really cool stuff, politics aside, whether we like the people in the white buildings or not, politics aside. This is all really cool stuff. It means more people are working and making more money. And more people are getting towards the American dream. And how about this? And this was over the summer. In the month of July, 3.1 million people quit their jobs because they were confident they could find a better job. Wow. So there's some confidence going out there. Last Christmas was a record retail season. Blew it off the charts by over 6%. So 
this is a really good time for working people. This is a really good time for people that didn't have jobs before. This is a really good time for people whose income was stagnant. They couldn't make more money. This is a really good time for people who dreamed of opening a small business. Uh, This is a really good time for all of these things to come back to helping families. And that's really, really cool. So I want to ask you, to my audience, have you ever thought of opening a small business? Because if you have, this is the time. The consumer climate is really strong. The investment climate is good. Uh, There's real estate opportunities in secondary markets all over the country. Uh, uh, And look, the numbers are what they are. So if you've thought of it, this might be the time to do it. This is sort of a small business boom right now. And think about it. Go Go to your search engine, type in grand opening in your city and watch how many things pop up. How many businesses will pop up that just opened in your city? That's really cool. So small business has always been a passion of mine. And I wrote this Business Rescue Act years ago that nothing really became of it politically, but it was something that meant a lot to me to do. And I knew it was solid. And a few weeks ago, doing a business deal of a completely different nature, I met a gentleman by the name of Jeffrey Hudson. Jeffrey Hudson is a guy who is in securities, asset management, stock trading, hedge funds, financial services. He's sort of one of those, you know, suit, Wall Street, banker, finance, equity kind of guys. You know what I mean, Corey? Yeah, he knows what he's talking about if you need, you know, open up your own business or... Or money, that's correct, or you need money. And he knows the capital markets and investment. Well, I met Jeff, and Jeff started talking to me about how in the next couple of weeks, right now... Right at this time, there is legislation and various government activities going on that are creating these opportunity zones around the country. And if I'm not mistaken, there's about 900 of these opportunity zones around the country. For people who want to open businesses in these opportunity zones, they'll get tax credits that are so immense, construction credits that are so immense, Credits on income that are so powerful. Tax credits, God forbid the business fails, that insulate one in the event of failure and protect one in the event of success. That this is an opportunity for all of us to think, boy, should I do it? Should I do it? Should I do it? If we go online and start searching, and this will all happen within the next week or so, and I'll give you the information and Jeff's contact information to get more information, and we're going to talk about it in just a few minutes. But if you can learn about where those enterprise zones are, and I'm going to tell you how, if you can look at the tax benefits, the investment benefits, the opportunities that exist in those opportunity zones, you might get really excited. This is an opportunity to put you in business and light up Youngstown, Ohio, and the other cities that are just like it. And this is a really, really cool opportunity. Jeff created for lack of a better term, a sort of a stock exchange for small business. And small business can go to Scott's Enterprise, his exchange, if you will, and they can list investments. And there are hundreds of investors that go to his exchange that are looking to invest in small businesses. And small businesses can provide, in many cases, a far better return for an investor than can a a public stock, public company stock. So... A guy like me who might have a couple of hours to invest, you know, how do you get connected to small business? So through Jeffrey's entity, he can take 
eight or ten small businesses that are just in the window business. And you can invest in the window business and have eight or ten small businesses in different cities that you've invested in. He has created an opportunity to connect small business with capital investment that's never existed before. It's incredibly cool. And when you think about the economic numbers that exist today, the consumer confidence that exists today, the amount of people that are working today, the fact that we have opportunity zones coming, and the fact that capital is going to be as available today as ever before, if not more, this is the time to act. So think about it. Have you ever thought of owning your own business? Have you ever thought of opening a bar, for example? Have you thought of opening a restaurant? How about a bookstore? How about an electronic store? How about a cleaning business? A maid's business? A painting business? What is your passion? Have you ever thought about doing something? Because right now, you have no excuse not to do it. You have the economic climate. You have opportunity zones. You have access to capital. You have all the things necessary to be successful in small business. And when I come back... I'm going to be with Jeff Hudson, and we're going to talk about where you go, how you do this, and how you could become a small business owner. I'll be right back. Don't shut down this podcast yet. No Excuses with John Taffer continues next. Want to talk to John? Email him now at podcast at johntaffer.com. Every car comes with its share of stories. How about that ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up your first date? Or the luxury package you got after a big promotion? Or how about the mileage you saved by riding your bike all summer long? While you can't put a price tag on your stories, now with True Car, you can at least find out what your car's worth is when it's time to sell or trade it in. Just go to True Car, simply enter your license plate number, and watch how your car's details pop up. Then just answer a few questions like navigation, moonroof, and watch as they Bump up your value. High mileage, you already know it was going to cost you, but now you know how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead. And once you're finished, you can get a true cash offer sent in minutes, which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True cash offer, not available in all areas. If you're a bar owner, want to become a bar owner, if you're an operator or a mixologist, you can't afford not to attend a nightclub and bar show. All the new products will be there, thousands of new promotions, the best operators in the world, about 80 educational programs. It's the biggest opportunity of the year to boost your sales or to get into the bar business. And by the way, I'm doing the keynote and opening the show. If you want to go to the nightclub and bar show, check out ncbshow.com. That's ncbshow.com. If you want to be in a bar business or be successful in a bar business, you'll be at the nightclub and bar show. Taffer's back. This is No Excuses with John Taffer. You know, I wanted to have you on my podcast because not only uh, have we become friends and we focus on some ventures together, but you and I are both huge small business advocates and big enterprise zones advocates. And for those who don't know, uh, uh, I gave a speech at the Americans for Prosperity Convention around the election talking about how, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going back a few years, Jeff, about 650,000 new businesses had started that year and 740,000 had closed. Yeah. And I remember the statistic that in around 2000, 
62% of small businesses were owned by families, and that year, 40% were. And then you read that small businesses employ, what, over 90% of the workforce in America? Yeah, and, and six out of ten people work in those small businesses. That It's such an important thing, but it's never really talked about. So, you know, this is a great time for people. This is a great time to start a small business, isn't it, economy-wise? I, I think it's an amazing time, John. And the, and the legislation that you outlined, the Opportunity Zones, the speech that you gave, this goes back to Jack Kemp. This goes back to giving everybody access and an yep. opportunity to achieve their dreams. You've seen it. You've lived it. You talk to people about this all the time. Um, it, it's a really good, it, it's a really fortuitous time, good time to start a small business. It is. So let's talk about the past 10 or 12 years in small business. And I don't want this to be a political show. That's not what we're here to talk about. You and I are just pro-small business. And if I got to beat on a Republican on behalf of small business, so be it. And if I have to beat on a Democrat on behalf of small business, so be it. And I think you agree with me in that philosophy. So, you know, Jack Kemp was a big leader in enterprise zones many, many years ago in this whole concept, and and I'm a big believer in it. Tell everybody in simplistic terms and uh, what an enterprise zone is, because we have a lot of small business owners that listen to this podcast, Jeff, and I'm hoping there's a lot of people listening that are thinking about opening a small business now. And with the Trump tax cuts in place, is this a good time to open a small business? Yeah, I think you're right to to put this at Jack Kemp's sort of uh, doorstep. I'm working with Jimmy Kemp and the Kemp Foundation and Jack's legacy to make sure that the Opportunity Zone legislation is broadly understood. In its early days, it was essentially what Jack used to call was allowing people to get access to all the things that everybody used to have. And he did what was sort of a red line around communities and then enhanced some things. The government enhanced some some things to be able to allow people to invest in that area. The interesting thing about it is the, the Enterprise Zones, as Jack first outlined, never came to fruition. In fact, to not be political about it, the politics got involved, and we never really did what we were supposed to do for the community. And Jack's, his, his vision was always about the community. His vision was about access. His vision was about giving people all the different tools they needed, and quite frankly, the tools that everybody else already has to be able to be successful. The politicians kind of screwed that up, took it away, um, and what we have now under this administration, under the 2017 Jobs Act, really, is Opportunity Zones and the Opportunity Zone legislation. As you well know, it's the first time that we've had public-private partnerships really come together in a way that makes sense. And so there's a lot of excitement. For that reason alone, it's probably the best time to start a small business that we've seen in probably our lifetime, quite frankly. You're a little older than me, but... I agree with you. I think it is the best in my lifetime. You know, when I was in Youngstown, Ohio, shooting Bar Rescue, and I was there shooting uh, 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 three episodes. And I got to spend the afternoon with the mayor. And we drove around Youngstown, Ohio. And we drove through a downtown that Jeff was gutted. I mean gutted. Not one business. Block after block after block. He drove me past 17, 18,000 empty residences. Houses vacant. Apartment buildings at 10, 15% occupancy. It was Detroit. It was Detroit. In a smaller scale, in essence. And, man, it was so powerful. Jeff, I had never seen it, spoken to a mayor, driven through a community, and seen the devastating impact, the vacancies, the lack of jobs. Uh, uh, he lost almost 70,000 residents, moved out of his city. 
And then I became a nutcase saying, "How? Can, what can I do with my television show, with my platforms? What can I do to get the lights turned down in downtown Youngstown? And I started playing and doing my homework, and then I started learning more about Enterprise Zones and realizing that, boy, you know, in this time now, because of a new administration and a more business-friendly approach, this is accessible to people. This is not such a challenge. It isn't that difficult to participate. So tell everybody about an Enterprise Zone and, and, and what it means to them if you wanted to start a small business today. So as you recall... Oh, we've morphed Enterprise Zone into Opportunity Zones, and those Opportunity Zones we've discussed, it's really the ability for capital to go into these places and be put to work and get beneficial tax treatment. So really, capital gains taxes get eliminated after a 10-year investment into those Opportunity Zones. We're about, some would say, a week, maybe three weeks away from the Treasury releasing new rules. Those rules And it's amazing I'm going to say this, but those rules look like they're going to indicate that this capital can go into operating businesses within the opportunity zones. And those businesses are going to benefit from the same tax treatment that the big real estate developers are going to are going to benefit from and everybody else. Wow. This this is it it is. John, it is unbelievable. It's going to change the way um, people invest. So as an investor, I have the same advantage moving my dollars in the small business operational rather than asset-rich businesses, as I would putting my dollars in an asset-rich real estate deal. Yes, and, and I would argue, um, and what we're seeing, quite frankly, there are, some, there are some very good actors in this that are saying, even on the real estate side, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my normal real estate investment, but I'm also going to take a percentage of that, and I'm going to allocate it to the community. Wow. And I'm going to do things like uh, skills training, and what you and I know is vocational training. Yep. And we're going to do, you know, we're going to do incubators. We're going to do accelerators. And we're going to do education. And I've, I've even sat in a meetings down here in Charleston, South Carolina, where it says we're going to go from cradle to grave and run the whole thing into an opportunity zone. Because from a financial perspective, from an investment perspective, it makes sense. And from a moral perspective, it makes sense. Absolutely, it and does. we finally are going to have the tools. And I will mention one thing, and it is important because the, the politics come up. This is this is both a Cory Booker and uh, a Senator Tim Scott thing. They were the ones who came up with the legislation. They pr- presented it to the president. Bipartisan. And, and it's really been driven. It's very bipartisan. And basically, it looks you know it looks like everybody's kind of on board. And these rules are going to release. Some will say a hundred billion dollars. Wow. Now Scott's Florida, correct? You're talking uh, Scott from Florida. No, so Tim Scott's from South Carolina. South Carolina, gotcha. Okay, so he's our he's our local senator. Yep, um, and a Republican. So and it's also a voter. northern southern initiative. Yeah, no, a it southern is. state, northern state, a Republican and Democrat. That's fantastic. So no, I, it, it is, it is, and and the support has been overwhelming uh, on both sides of the aisle. How do you uh, 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 credit uh, the administration in this? Is it, is it our Treasury Secretary? Is this a shift with this administration, or is this just something that's been in the works for years that's now maturing? And I see the smile on your face. I can't wait to hear the answer, Jeff. I think, um, to be fair, um, and really not talking about the president per se, but it is his administration, yeah. I think they've been getting a bad rap as it relates to small business and as it, as it relates to trying to fix an economy that is 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 very much fractured. 
And so everybody in the administration, from the Treasury Secretary on down, quite honestly, it's going to be everybody's going to make this work. And the executive order that came out of the White House really is the creation of a committee of all of the different branches in the executive, uh, under the executive umbrella, headed by HUD. So it's everybody. I think they're doing a much better job in the executive branch than people give them credit for. Yeah, I think so there's a, a, a lot going on. Um, but to your point also, it's the, it's kind of the right time. There's a sense, particularly um, within certain parts of both uh, the administration and business, that if we don't fix small business now, we've got a huge problem going forward. That's right. right? It's not creating jobs. We're actually, uh, and it's a global problem, right? It's an $8 trillion business, as you well know, an $8 trillion market in the U.S. It's a $50 trillion global problem. I'm speaking to the EU next week about this same issue. It's the core so, of the American dream, too. Oh, it's, it, it, it's, it's the backbone of this country. Yes. You know, you know as well as I do, we didn't get anywhere without it. So, um, when we so take, it's really important. So when we take a look at the last 12 years, seven, eight, nine years ago, of course, we had a recession which impacted small business hugely. What policies do you think were the big changes that started to shift this around? Again, being non-political, just being a policy guy, which is really what you are. What happened? Now, I know the regulations that hit 10, 12 years ago had an issue. I know that dollars dried up. It wasn't as easy to access capital, and capital was incentivized to move in different directions uh, other than small business investment. What else? What's happened? Because there's a huge shift in dynamic. Is it just a tax cut? Help us understand why things have changed so much in the small business community, in the employment community, uh, uh, in the uh, uh, in capital investment community. What is it that's changed this dynamic? Because we have a president, and again, I'm non-political. I happen to be more leaning towards him than again, who doesn't always make the right verbal political judgment. <laughs> But so he's not loved. He's not embraced. He's not, you know, people are. But the fact of the matter is his numbers are darn impressive. What is it, Jeff, that's happened to turn this around? To to make small business the way it is today or to make his numbers darn impressive? I think I think it's a little of both. But but uh, I'll take either. I, I think, you know, um, I think, quite frankly, people have uh, have reached their limits. Uh, in the small business community, uh, and in some of these, um, some of, let me back up. I, I saw a great story today from Honda, one of the senior executives at Honda. Honda has been a great believer in training and manufacturing and really getting, uh, into this country for years. I mean, yep. you might know 15, 20 years Honda's been here. Yep. And what they're saying is if we don't change the education system in this country, they're not going to have workers to be able to handle the next generation of, of, uh, of work, whatever they're building, whether it's generators, jets, or cars, right? So there's this confluence of events where education and small business, and small business is really the backbone of the family, mm-hmm. backbone of the community. And I think what, what I'm sensing, and probably what got the current president, what got President Trump elected, was some frustration between the coasts. And it all seems to be happening in Youngstown, Ohio, or Detroit, or mm-hmm. you know somewhere between the coasts, where people have just had it. And they believe we need to go back to strong families, small businesses being supported, um, everybody you know pulling in the same direction for the betterment of the community and the country. Mm-hmm. And I think we floated through the 80s, as you well know. Yep. You know yep. We kind of came, th- came through the 90s. Um, and the wall we hit in 07 and 08, 
um, really we never let the system clear. So it's still it's still stuck. And that is stuck capital. So capital is not going where it used to go. You and I both remember you used to be able to get a, a small business funded or a good idea funded. And, and it used to be a lot easier. You could do it with a community. Yep. You could do it with a community bank. All that stopped in 08 because everything had um, everything crashed at the same time. And so we're getting back now to a point where enough is enough. We have to go back to building these small businesses, and we're going to make the structural changes to do it. And it's an apolitical thing. Both sides understand it. This president, as, as much as the press likes to abuse him, understands business. Yeah. I said that always in the beginning. You know, there is an advantage to having a leader with a business background. And I think we're seeing that advantage now. Of course, he doesn't have the political background, but clearly the business background is paying off for us. I believe that to be true. You know, when we take a look at these enterprise zones, so if I said I wanted to start a business and I live in Toledo, Ohio, and there's no enterprise zones in Toledo, Ohio, for conversation's sake. So I say, I'm going to move to Detroit, Michigan. I'm going to move to Flint, Michigan. I'm going to move to where there is an enterprise zone. Can I participate in an enterprise zone, or do I have to live within that enterprise zone? No. You can move wherever wherever those opportunity zones are. There are 8,600 of them nationwide. Where can I find they, that list? What? Where, is there a place I can find that list? Jeff? Yeah, there is. Well, I mean, you can find it. You, you can find it not to be self-serving, but you know you can find it either on my site or you can find it the, the federal government has it, and each state has it. And I encourage everybody in every state that wants to kind of look at these things, or if you want to move to a state, mm-hmm. most of the commerce depart- most of the commerce um, groups in the states have it. And so you can go on and, and just Google Opportunity Zone in your state, and you'll get a cool map. You don't have to be in the state. You can move to a state. And we're seeing a lot of small businesses make those shifts. But every state has them. It's a question of whether there's one right in your neighborhood or not. And if not, you move to that area and you can participate. You can so, participate. And I, I've been talking to people about who are building uh, and you almost have a fiduciary role, right? You almost have a, a responsibility to build your new business in an opportunity zone. Because why wouldn't you? Of course. And So if I now have a few dollars, have a great business idea, I find my enterprise zone, I go to my enterprise zone, I find the location that I like. Right, I have my business plan. I have my location together. I got a few dollars to start it. Since it's an enterprise zone and since it has the benefits that it does, does a bank more likely to lend to an enterprise zone business like that uh, uh, as compared to one that is not? Well, so there's, there's a nuance in the regulations that's sort of interesting, and it doesn't encompass loans. It doesn't encompass lending. What is going to happen and what, what we are seeing are big institutions like banks, like a JP Morgan and things like that, are creating funds to invest in these opportunity zones. So it won't necessarily be a loan or a lending, but you've got JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, other people Mm -hmm. creating these pools of capital and then investing into those. So it gets exactly what it gets exactly what you're talking about. Yep. Um, And they're making it uh, very, um, very efficient. To, to get access to that. We, we need to do a better job of educating everybody. And in full disclosure, I think the regulations aren't totally ironed out and they should be in the next couple of weeks. And once wow. they do, I, I fully expect, you know, $100 billion to be in play in 2019. And you're talking weeks, not years. So we're there. No, no, talking, this is you know, happening I, right I, now. This is happening now. And this is 
those regulations will come out and that will, should unlock um, all the opportunities for the small businesses. It's, it's incredibly exciting, but I'll tell you one thing. I was on the phone with an accounting firm in Stanford, Connecticut yesterday in the Latin community, and they didn't know anything about this. It's unbelievable. And as soon as I started talking to them about it, you, you could just hear the excitement. Oh, my God. You know, you know, Jeff, tell me how I do that. How, who do I talk to? Right. Wow. We've got small business owners all over Fairfield County, all over the state of Connecticut that want access. They don't know. So it, it's it's a pretty cool thing. And you're doing a great service by at least trying to get some get it in front of some people. So thank uh, you for that. Oh, my pleasure. So what's exciting is if the big banks are playing and the institutional players, then the community banks are definitely playing in this space. So yeah. in theory, start with local banks near those enterprise zones. I think you should start with your local businesses supporting local businesses. That includes the banks. That includes any of the sort of investment community that's yep. there, uh, any of the local celebrities, anybody. I mean, we're seeing this. We're seeing enth- enthusiasm across the board to, to really do to do this. So it, it's good. But you're absolutely right. Community banks and community businesses should be supporting each other. Absolutely. And I think they're more inclined to these days. So let's say I own an Internet business. So really all I'm opening is offices. I'm not opening a retail store. I'm not opening bricks and mortar. I still qualify, don't I? You do. It, it's interesting. Um, the legislation as it was originally written has you qualifying no problem. Then they wrote a first set of rules that took that qualification away. The new set of rules gives it back. But, yep. yes, you can do it. And um, I think we expect that. Yep. We expect high tech. We expect Online. The other thing, John, and, and this really amazes me, IP, internet, intellectual property, yeah. is covered. Is covered. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's covered. So wow. you, I mean, you could have a, you could have a, a pharmaceutical company. You could have an you know, R&D could, operation. Right. A, a creative it, house. Right. A, a, a creative agency, a, a, a services agency, a product of a, a, a right down to selling widgets in a retail store. All covered. Wow. So this is happening right now. So, right now. So being on the leading edge of this, Jeff, as I know you are, now you see, okay, this is a wonderful marketplace. Small business is going to react to this. They're going to need money. And you came up with an incredible idea that you told me about when we were together, and it's called Halgard. And I think that your concept is going to change the world because you're creating the, the accessibility to money and bringing the capital to support these enterprise zones in an incredibly innovative way. Would you tell everybody about it? Well, thank you for bringing it up. So Halligard really has two points to it. There's a the, what I would call a matchmaking part of Halligard, which is a um, an area of, so opportunity zones can sort of interact and have a community. The other, the bigger piece of it that we're talking about is creating a new capital solution so that small businesses can sell a piece of their equity to investors just like big companies. Wow, just and, like a stock market, just like yeah, a buying just, shares. Exactly. You and, I, you and I talked about this. This actually, in really, in a really interesting way, it's just retro, right? I mean, we're going back to the reason why stock markets were created to begin with, which was really to efficiently get capital, people like starting railroads. So. I mean, some of these small businesses are going to become the next, you know, Standard Oil yep. and become the next Uber yep. and become and the next that they have been blocked from getting capital. We're unblocking them by creating what I will call a digital rail to allow for small businesses to sell a piece of their equity to people like you and me. More to you than me. But so, yes. So I then can participate in Halligard 
and invest in somewhat of a small business fund, for lack of a better term. Is that a fair term? No, I think that's a fair term. We're going to allow for small businesses to be bundled, and then you could invest in an industry. You could invest in a specific company, or you could invest in a geography. So, you know, you're in you're in Las Vegas, you're in Nevada. You could say, you know what, I want to support my local business. I'm going to go on my Halligard, you know, uh, portfolio creation tool, and I'm going to pull down a bunch of small businesses in in Las Vegas. That's going to be created and bundled into a security, and you're going to hit one button, and you're going to be invested in small businesses in wow. Vegas. Wow! So I can turn around and say, I'm going to invest in Youngstown. Right. And I can pull out a small business portfolio in Youngstown, and I can put my dollars in it, and it's spread amongst those businesses. So it's diversified. I'm mitigating risk because yep. I'm involved in not one but a bunch of businesses. Or I can say, I just want to invest in woodworking businesses in Youngstown. Or right. I can say, new wood wood uh, producing businesses in America. So I yep. can pick a portfolio type. I can move my dollars into new small business whose growth acceleration could be far greater than the big guys, right? Because they can grow it at, at heck hundreds of percent a year, right? The big guys are not going to accomplish that. No, so, that's right. So I have a great upside as an investor. So now as an operator, and you can tell I'm excited about this, Jeff. So now, yeah, I know. I, so look, now I'm, excited about it too. So I'm 24 years old. I got an idea for business. I find an enterprise zone. I go to the enterprise zone. I find a location. I go to my local banker. I put together a deal. I get the thing up and running. Now I say, boy, I want to take it to the next level. I put together a little offering. I'm going to sell 20% of my company for a quarter of a million dollars. I list the offering on Holigard. Investors that are looking to put their money in small businesses, invest in my business, I am getting a tax advantage. I'm now in an energized zone, I'm going to call it, because when the enterprise zones get developed, they're going to become energized zones of activity and, and yeah, community centers. And you've connected all the dots. That is that is certainly the hope, and that's why I'm so excited about it. And it, it's really gonna it's gonna change the world. And wow. and when we talk to the World Bank, we talk to the SEC, we talk to the to the previous SEC. These are grown adults from both sides doing backflips because wow. it releases capital into the small business. It allows for capital to get to small businesses, and people can achieve their dreams, their goals their families, all of that. But they've been blocked, and we're going to unblock it. And we're going to make it easy. We're going to make it cost-efficient, uh, you know, low-cost and highly efficient. So if you love your downtown where you live, you can actually invest in it. <laughs> yeah. You can no, invest it, it, in it, your it, community. Invest in your community. And, and I will bring it back, and I will give credit where it's due. I think that the whole legislation is about investing in your community. The change that you asked about earlier is I think the country has reached a point where everybody understands they have to invest in their community or we're not going to have communities. And you can't even have a political system. You can't have a country if we don't get back to our communities. And so this is really a give back, invest in communities, and let's get, you know, let's make ourselves stronger again. You know, people say, my, my father used to say this, life begins in your home and then across the street. Right. And everything about us is we need to focus on across the street and next block and, and, and community by community. We can reignite uh, uh, this important sector in our country. And where, how can people find you and find out more about what you're doing? Well, the easiest way is Halligard.com. So H-A-L-A 
G-A-R-D.com is Haligard.com. And I can find That's enterprise it. zones and guidance. And you, and- yep. Our blog is up there. My blog is up there. There's some great, very basic information on opportunity zones. Um, we hope we've done a good job of making that happen. And we've also connected to some of the best states that we think have done a good job. Maryland does an absolutely wonderful job of educating their citizens. California does a, an equally good job if we wow. want to be bipartisan from across the country. Yeah. Uh, they do a great job. So everybody's trying. Um, I think what we're trying to do is centralize that information and then empower everybody to access it. So we're starting to also list projects like your point. If I'm a small business and I want to start something, so we're going to list those people and we're going to list funds, which really are the money. So we're going to connect the two to be able to match make across opportunity zones. And it's working really well. You know, I, I take maybe five or six calls a day now from businesses who want money and also funds who are looking to invest. So I, this is not, you know, all we're doing is trying to match it. That's fantastic. Um, it's pretty cool. It's yep. pretty cool. So, listen, I have an idea. I think you know how passionate I am about what you do. Maybe yes. not quite as passionate as you are. You've dedicated your life to it. I just put some of my free time into it. I'd love to have you on every two to three weeks. I'd love to have you talk about what enterprise zones are hot maybe. I'd love to have you talk what opportunities are out there. This is a really important topic. And, Jeff, every time we get somebody to pull the trigger and open a small business, their families win, our country win, the community wins, everybody wins. This podcast is called No Excuses because there's no excuses not to open your business now. There's no excuses not to take advantage of this stuff. So can we make an arrangement right now? You'll come back every few weeks, give us an update on what's going on so we can keep people engaged and keep these opportunities in front of them. And let's inspire a bunch of people to open some small businesses and take advantage of these programs. That would be great. I'd be more than happy to. And again, John, I thank you and I thank all that you do uh, for small businesses already. So um, whatever we can do to help, there are some great community organizations that we can, um, you know, really lift up. So thank you, sir. Uh, my pleasure. So Jeffrey Hudson, and you can find Jeffrey at Haligard, H-A-L-A-G-A-R-D.com. If you've ever thought of opening a small business, if you own a business and looking for another location, if you want to expand your own community by investing in small businesses, go to Haligard.com. Look at what Jeff is working on. This is going to change the world. Buddy, I'm proud to call you my friend. Thank Thank you, John. Me too. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk soon. I'll be right back. Don't shut down this podcast yet. No Excuses with John Taffer continues next. Shut it down. All right, John. New week and new callers. Let's get Shut it. it down. We have a Vegas local. This is Hayden. He has a business question for you, John. Ah, Hayden. I'm John. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I see you're a Vegas guy. Yes. Yep. Um, I wasn't born here, but raised. I've uh, been here since. Uh, I was about five years old. That's uh, pretty much all I know. Well, you better be a, you better be a Golden Knights fan, or I'm not even going to talk to you. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So I, actually have, I grew up playing hockey here, so uh, um, I definitely have to be a, a fan for sure. That's um, great. That's great. What do you want to talk about yeah, today? No, um, I just too. So, so uh, I'm kind of a business guy myself. I did some real estate and and uh, and um, open up my own business and stuff like that. But I was just curious on how to. Uh, how would you set yourself apart from everyone else being in uh, uh, Vegas? There's a lot of, obviously, small businesses, even in real estate or, or in your case, even bar rescue or, or um, restaurant side of things. I'm just curious on how you would set yourself apart 
uh, from everyone else. You know, it's interesting. Uh, that's what I call pod, Hayden, which is point the difference. You know, how do you create a point the difference between yourself mm-hmm. and other real estate firms or uh, services or products where there's a lot of options and a lot of competitors in a marketplace? And, you know, some right. people market, you know, from the bottom up. Some people market from the top down. You know, I like when you're opening a business like that to do what I call influencer marketing, which is, you know, identify okay. 30 or 40 people in your community that influence others. And develop events and social programs and contact opportunities with those influencers. And if 40 people, 50 people, 30 people, whatever the amount is, you know, you do a cocktail party, you do an event for them, you go to their charities, you find out what they're involved in. You connect your life with those of the influencers that you want to be in your community. And be a part of, of them. And, and what happens, obviously, is, is people drive by many businesses to stop at the one that they choose in many cases. Think of all the restaurants we drive by before we, we choose to pull into the one that we selected. Well, that's the case with, with, with barbershops and, and salons and every other business. So this is more relationship-driven. And, you know, so many businesses, you say, how do I create a point of difference? You create a point of difference with relationships. I believe that. You create a point of difference uh, 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 with, with uh, uh, services that exceed expectations. For example, I'm giving the keynote address at the Limousine Association Convention in, in a couple hours, Hayden. And I, okay. I, I, I get picked up in airports all the time in black cars, as you can imagine. Every once in a while, one of the limo drivers, when I get in the car, will turn around with a basket that has like an energy drink, some packs of peanuts and cashews, a couple of chocolate bars and stuff in it. And he'll turn around and I got an hour and a half ride from the airport and he'll turn around and I can grab an energy bar or something out of his little basket. That happens about one out of 10 times. But don't you think that's the driver that I request the next time? So what are the, so what are the little things that we can do? I call them Crows, believe it or not, C-R-O-W-S, Customer Reaction Opportunity Windows. When I do my educational programs, I talk about the fact that we're in a reaction business, and all of us are. We don't sell widgets. We don't sell houses. We create reactions. We don't market to people. Marketing has to create a reaction or it doesn't work, right? You know, if we're selling real estate, we've got to create a reaction in the buyer or it doesn't work. Uh, promotions have to create reactions or they don't work, advertising or it doesn't work. So all of us are in the business of creating reactions first and foremost. So how do you create those? So my suggestion to you is if you want to build a business like that, look at an influencer approach of creating an influencer network of people that can really feed business to you and create events and try to break into that social network. That's a great way to start a small business. Absolutely. Okay. No, that's great news. I, I, been going to a couple uh, seminars and, and, and meet, meet and greets and everything, and it's. Um, I feel like networking, like you said, is is huge. Um, like I said, I'm just starting out, so I'm kind of seeing where things are taking me. But I uh, I appreciate the the advice, and uh, hopefully, I can uh, take it and a, uh, make La- a run with it. In Las Vegas and a lot of other places, Hayden, there's a lot of events and things you can get involved in. You can get involved in local Ronald McDonald House charities. I emceed their event last year, and there were so many business owners and people at that event that I got to meet. And then I'll go to other charity events, whether it be St. Jude's or other things and events. So create your list of influencers and, and start to think to yourself, where do they go? What do they do? You know, how do I how do I break into their world and their charities and their causes so that we have common interests together? And that's a great way to break into doing business together. Good luck, Absolutely. buddy. No, that's a, yes, I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care.
listen, I'd really love it if you'd be on the show. You can challenge me, argue with me, disagree with me, agree with me, whatever you like, but the more challenging, the better. Just send an email to podcast at johntaffer.com, podcast at johntaffer.com. Corey will open those emails. He'll set it up with you, and then you and I will talk on a podcast, and we'll have some fun. And by the way, while you're at it, don't forget to hit subscribe at Apple Podcasts or go to podcast.com or the Podcast One app, and you'll get your new episodes every Tuesday. Want to talk to John? Email him now at podcast at johntaffer.com. Well, that does it for this week. I am off right now to give the keynote at the limousine convention. Then I'm off to the nightclub and bar convention tonight and tomorrow. It's a really exciting week. Uh, I'll give you some updates online for those of you that are interested. And until then, I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to No Excuses with John Taffer on Podcast One. Download new episodes every Tuesday here on PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, and at Apple Podcasts. Make sure to rate and review. 